So I've decided that my show intros are awful. And we spend the first seven minutes of the show having me burn time trying to make a long story short. So part of what we do here at the Endless Promo Podcast, we're always seeking to enhance the listener's experience. So due to some critical feedback that I deserve from some fans who I trust, I'm going to shut the heck up and let Kevin introduce this week's topic, episode 43. 43. 43. Well, I appreciate that uh, very efficient baton pass. And uh, we would be doing a disservice to the city of Detroit, the state of Michigan, and frankly, the entire football world, if we didn't at least somewhat acknowledge and tie into the theme of our show, the mighty Detroit Lions and their continuing quest for credibility and uh, playoff victory. So I thought, hey, why don't we do something about the Lions? Maybe something like Famous Animals. Uh, and you were like, uh, yeah, that sounds kind of cool. And I was like, great, we could have animals on different sports teams and their positions. And you said, that's terrible. And I was like, oh, well, that was kind of the point of my idea. And you're like, no, no, I got it. OC, you took the reins. And you said, let's have the four major sports, each of which with a famous mascot from pop culture, video games, movies, comic books, TV shows, and give a little explainer, top to bottom, sport, team, mascot, and in honor of the Detroit Lions and the state of Michigan, the city hosting said sports teams has to be in our Great Lakes state. Do you understand that would have taken me 17 minutes to explain? I do. Kevin, but, but but let it be said, I was not the one who was being critical. You caved to anonymous sources on the uh, three Instagram post feedbacks that we've ever gotten. Some of these, and all of them said, "You talk too much, boy." Some of these <laughs> anonymous uh, comment leavers are are tried and true, uh, critical people in my life that have been around for a long, long time, and yes, to their credit. You just your show intros rock. So yeah, I, I I really wanted to give dap to the homies, to the Detroit Leones, without turning this into a sports cast. And furthermore, without trying to pretend like I'm some giant Lions fan. I, I'm completely divorced from the NFL, watching it, the Lions. I'm happy for them, as I am happy for the University of Michigan, the Detroit Red Wings. <clears throat> the Detroit Tigers, the Pistones, anybody from our state who succeeds, who reps, who reps the state. So I cheated a little bit with my choices. Now, I know that we didn't have a huge set of restrictions on this topic today, which I think is healthy. I actually did what I never do. I trusted the government. <laughs> and I, I went to the last state audit and effective 2022, I got some census data 
and I, I picked a rule of thumb. These have to have populations of 50,000 people or more full-time residents in the city. Wow. See, that's that's the endless promo pod difference, folks. We look at census data before we come up with our BS and nonsense. Correcto. So it really helped me kind of narrow the field because I was completely unaware of how many thousands of cities and towns and municipalities actually exist in the state of Michigan. I think our state is a lot bigger than I gave it credit for. Yeah, I appreciate those efforts, good sir. Uh, I just picked cities that sounded cool with the names. So Absolutely. Whatever. I think in in the spirit of you kicking us off, why don't you give me – do you want to do the same order we've done with our other sports-related podcasts where we go sport by affection to said sport? Uh, yeah, I think that's fine. Uh, I believe basketball, baseball, and – I mean, we said that football and then hockey. Absolutely. That's, I mean, we didn't even, folks, we don't even rehearse. And we got that right off the top of the dome. Yes. But let's be clear again. Michigan football is my my apex. It is. It is. It is. It is. All right. So, basketball. The hardwood. You want me to go? Absolutely, buddy. All right. So, for my basketball team, my round ballers are going to be mascotted by a little-known but cult favorite creature from a 1984 B-horror flick called Chud. C-H-U-D. Cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers. Now, before you think that this is totally obscure, it has been referenced many times in pop culture since then, and by no less than the king himself, Homer Simpson, who once decried his visit to New York City because after things he seemingly could go no worse... And then came the chuds. (laughs) Is this the same episode where he's driving out of New York and I believe a sanitation truck is in front of them and a syringe falls off the sanitation truck and hits him in the eye? It's the very same. Awesome. (laughs) Such a good episode. So, Chud, 1984 film, for those who don't know. Uh, Before they were contending with a little punk Kevin McAllister in Home Alone... Oh, John Hurd and Daniel Stern were both dealing with these uh, chuds in the sewers of New York City. Also uh, starred John Goodman, by the way. So um, no shortage of star talent in this film. Um, With a 29% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, it wasn't particularly well-received at the time, but (laughs) but I have to give credit. As you know, I like to give credit where credit's due, OC, even with critics. Uh, Keith Phipps of the AV Club wrote perfect for bleary eyed late night viewing and pretty much unwatchable at any other hour (laughs) I think in the world of Rotten Tomatoes the way I structure my viewing based off of Rotten Tomatoes ratings is 
it's essentially both ends of the bell curve. If it's below, let's say, 30% or above 70%, probably pretty good. Yeah, great, great outlook on that. That is very insightful. If it's anywhere in the middle, it's not worth your time because it's, yeah. it's feast or famine on that Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. So, my round ballers, you got to pick a city that just sort of rolls off the tongue and just, I don't know, feels right. Now, mind you, we're talking about creatures uh, who are, uh, let's say, quite unfriendly, uh, live below ground, uh, frankly, in the sewer system, although I don't mean to disparage this city necessarily, but I thought the Redford Chuds sounded about right to me. I love the city of Redford. Shout out to the greatest donut shop in the state of Michigan located on Beach Daily and Five Mile Donut Town. And in that same vicinity, some of the best gas prices in the area. Absolutely. I mean, you, 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 you sacrifice health and safety for cheap gas. There you go. So, for those who uh, may not have viewed this cinematic masterpiece, the Chuds are basically these very uh, human-looking alien being sorts who are, like, all black, but they have claws and these glowing white eyes. So, or sorry, glowing yellow eyes. So what I would envision, because we got to talk about not just the mascot, but we got to talk about team colors. I'm, I'm thinking flair. Anything special going to go along with this? I want my Redford Chuds to be decked out in a black full body spandex suit with shorts and a tank top on top of it. Now, NBA greats like Kareem, James Worthy, Horace Grant, Kurt Rambis all had glasses. So I'm thinking that over the full body black spandex suit, they'll have their eye cutouts, but they got to wear some, some, translucent yellow rec specs to complete the look. I think they could totally pull off looking like actual chuds in that gear. And one more special for you, OC. For home games, if an opposing player fouls out, he has to stand at center court in the tip-off circle, which will double as a sewer cap the lid opens, steam comes out, fouled out player gets pulled under the floor by a big black clawed arm. Bam! The Redford Chuds. I almost can't unsee this now. <laughs> so I think we need to get some private equity firm involved in creating the Redford Chud. Would they be in the same... Would they be in the same? Would they be NBA related? Are we are we taking the chud uh, overseas to give the European experience on an international travels? Uh, wh- what are we doing with the team? I don't, maybe maybe we have uh, like a Michigan based semi pro league. You know, we'll revive the Flint Tropic, and you know, we'll, we'll we'll keep it local. You know, I absolutely think that's a great idea. Another great idea. 
And this was sort of a, watch what I'm about to do here. This was a slam dunk for me. I'm a huge fan of Scooby-Doo. Oh, yeah. Huge fan. I cannot tell you the amount of hours I dedicated to Scooby-Doo from the ages of, let's say, four until, honestly, the end of high school. Mm-hmm. There isn't an iteration of Scooby-Doo and his squad that I won't... Oh, wow. Scooby-Doo's actually going to fight a couple of vampires? I, I'll watch it. Oh, Scooby-Doo's clean, uh, teaming up with the Harlem Globetrotters? I'll watch it. Scooby-Doo's joining the WWE to solve a mystery? I'll watch it. But the elephant in the room with the show Scooby-Doo. There's a lot of drug use in that show. Both in the creation of the show and in the characters. Now, I know we've covered... Well, what do you think's in those Scooby snacks? Right. I, I, I know it's a kind of tongue-in-cheek that he and his partner in crime, your favorite... Shaggy? Shaggy? They have the munchies for a reason. You know, they're not going through puberty and growing, eating everything in the house. It's kind of, um, let's say, formulaic in the episode. (laughs) Right? There's There's only one city I think of in the state of Michigan that led the charge to get cannabis legalized. Oh, here we go. I know what you're thinking. And I'm not going to pick on your favorite city. I'm going to pick on your favorite city's dirty little secret. It's stepbrother, if you would, or stepsister. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. We're going with Scooby-Doo as the official mascot of the Ipsy Buds. The Ipsy Buds. The Ipsy Buds, <laughs> man. Because I cannot drive through Ypsilanti now without Bud Depot and Bud Shack. And Bud, 24-7, it is literally a dispensary city. (laughs) So the minute I thought of Ipsy, or as my dad calls it, Ipsy-Tucky, I thought no better representation of the use of marijuana in the city of Ipsy than Scooby-Doo himself, the Ipsy Buds basketball team. I I think that, that big phallic tower is just stuffed to the tip. With weed. <laughs> Can you please give me a you said tip? Oh yeah, I also said phallic. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my that's my team. The Ipsy the Ipsy Buds, dude. I love it. I love it. Man. Ipsy buds. I'm I'm sure that Hanna Barbera would have no problem licensing. Well they'd sneak it in some. I mean I it blows my <laughs> mind how Frankly, I'll just call it overt. It is in the earlier episodes, like in the seventies. It's like, did we not? I mean, with as uptight as society was about that stuff, and with what came to follow in the eighties in the Reagan administration with everything anti-drug and PSAs up the wazoo and every single cartoon television show you could think of, the fact that you may as well just openly have had Scooby-Doo and Shaggy smoking weed every single episode of Scooby-Doo. 
kind of cracks me up. Yeah, although I gotta say, I think maybe Velma partook a bit herself. They all did. Yeah, I don't. I don't know about Fred and Daphne so much. They uh, maybe. Fred and Daphne were always, uh, you know, tied up doing other things. Yeah, they were like sneaking off, solving uh, other mysteries, <laughs> digging in stuff. all kinds of mysterious caves together. <laughs> you said caves. He was spelunking. <laughs> <laughs> how about your, uh, how about your baseball? Your baseball team. All right, for baseball, I had to go. Uh, I was a little bit leery that we were going to shortchange the entirety of our great state. And so my city, my baseball team, will be the UP's very own Calumet. Thank Okay, Kevin, man, sometimes it makes me want to... Something's wrong with the plastic cup that I have attached to my ear with a string that attaches to the cup on your head as well. I I wanted so badly to bring Calumet into this discussion only because, really? yes, because shout out to the one high school hockey team that we would play annually that I thought had like the coolest name, the Calumet Copperheads. Yeah, man. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. Yep. Well, that was the that was the host city for the um, state hockey state championships a few years back when my son played for the uh, played for the title. So that's what was on my mind for the city. Now, for the mascot, first appeared in a lesser known film, not a not too big a hit from nineteen eighty three. Uh, what was it called? Uh, Return of the Jedi. I think I've heard of it. Yeah, even someone like you has heard of it. Well, wasn't that now. straight to VHS? <laughs> it was straight to beta. <laughs> this, uh, this creature has become one of the most famous creatures in the entire Star Wars universe. Uh, this species premiered in Return of the Jedi, but it has reappeared in TV shows, cartoons, really ever since, most recently in the Book of Boba Fett, we're talking about the Rancor monster. So the Calumet Rancor, the Rancor monster is a giant, beastly alien who lives locked up in a cave and basically eats people that Jabba the Hutt doesn't like he just hits a button. If you're standing on the trap door, then, you know, you're breakfast. So this is probably the most scary monster of all the Star Wars creatures, I would say. Um, Even scarier than the monster that you had on your your uh, book with oh, the true. cassette okay. tape. The Slivalith was the scariest uh, of the universe but that was never depicted at least not in that form uh, outside of the book the so, simple yes, fact great. that we the simple fact that we found somebody on eBay selling one of those so we could get an image or a likeness to put on the reel was pretty impressive well don't you dare order that for my birthday present don't dare me anywho 
<laughs> this thing is actually the toy was even scary. Um, toy was awesome, but like when <laughs> my son Thomas was little, we used to play with the Star Wars stuff, and sometimes they would end up in my daughter Izzy's like you know kitchen. You know, she had like her Fisher Price kitchen or whatever. <laughs> it ended up in the dishwasher one time. <laughs> she opened the door, found the Rancor monster toy, and screamed. She started crying and ran away. Now, did you did you have an original? Uh, I did. I, I let's. I did not as a kid, but I obtained an original when my kids were little. Repurchase. Uh, yeah, which I you know we still have. So, for my color scheme. The Rancor Monster is actually usually brown, but sometimes it comes in like more of a grayish tint. I can't have a brown jerseyed team. I, I just, I, I'm not down with that at all. I can't stand the Cleveland Browns, partly because they're from Cleveland, partly because they have brown uniforms. Um, but I'm thinking more of like a medium gray, you know, jersey and pants, but with like tan and black accents. So it would almost have like a slightly desert camo sort of sort of thing um now for my flair i think it'd be sweet to have batting gloves that were like claws you know painted on them so it made it look more creature like absolutely now i got a few specials gotta go along with this one okay all right first of all if you know anything about iron maiden which you should they have a mascot named eddie now, Eddie has made an appearance in every Iron Maiden show for the past 40-whatever years, basically. Giant animatronic robot. He has taken forms of every kind. Most recent tour, he was like uh, an undead samurai. Now, Eddie's like 15 feet tall, and he stomps around on stage and swings and sometimes breathes fire and all kinds of awesome stuff. I gotta have an Eddie-style Rancor monster as the on-field mascot at my Calumet Rancor games. Um, you know, in between innings, I want him snarling at the opposing team. I want him swinging his huge claws in the direction of the dude in the on-deck circle. You know, I, we need to involve him. He's too important a uh, character not to. Now, when it's their turn to get into the on-deck circle, the home team players... I don't want him just, like, walking out of the dugout. You know, it's so unceremonious to just sort of, like, walk up the steps. No. I want a separate tunnel from the locker room that has a cage door that opens up, and, like, smoke comes out, and then they stride into the on-deck circle. And now when they get there and they're warming up before it's their turn to bat, the Rancor Monster, at times, like, when he's in captivity, he has chains, Right. Can we get some, like, workout rubber bands that look like chains that would serve an aesthetic purpose but also help, you know, loosen you up, right? You want to have you want to have all of the muscles in your, your arms and in your core ready to go if you're going to swing that bat. And then once you turn to bat, you just break right out of them, go to the plate. Secret things reveal themselves in this show, and for the informed fan if you haven't picked up on it by now Kevin's an entertainer I'm an entertainer he's an entertainer the production value of both of your teams thus far again I'm going to make a phone call 
as soon as we get off of this podcast to Sam Wainwright from It's a Wonderful Life, who offered to get George and Mary in on the ground floor with plastics. I'm going to see if he's still open to financing the Redford Chud and now the Calumet Rancor. Because I love it. I need to be present at a sports venue with things coming out of and going underneath the playing surface. Because you had right? you had the chud coming out, or you had the tech fouled player leaving the basketball game underneath the basketball court. Yeah, and now you Undertaker have style. Yeah, and now yeah. you have all of your starting players from the rain core lining up to bat coming out of the field. I think it's an excellent idea. Yeah, I, I mean, we've look, I, I like the dogs that catch the Frisbees. You know, I like the uh, dude who does the little dance when they're cleaning the field. Like, that's all great, but it's kind of been done, you know. And and if Mr. Wainwright has any petty cash left over, you know, when it's Star Wars night, they, they got to bring on Danny Trejo to be the Rancor Keeper because – I love Danny Trejo, and I love Danny Trejo as the Rancor Keeper, and it will be perfect. I think the fan experience is just going to be exponentially increased in terms of value going to these these games. I mean, how many times can you watch a Dunkin' Donuts coffee, a Dunkin' Donuts culotta, and a Dunkin' Donuts bagel chase each other around the field? Yeah, and is it me, or has it gotten more and more lame when they have like the shell game on the scoreboard? But it got, like, the graphics got really good, and it almost looks sort of lifelike now. The only time that was ever fun is back in, like, the Tiger Stadium days when they had, like, the Tiger Base races, and there was these poorly drawn, animated, you know, blue, white, and orange Tigers racing around bases. It looked like something that some kindergartner drew. I like that. I can get on board with that. I don't want all this newfangled, high-tech nonsense. I think for the first game of the Calumet Rancor, we load a bus up with a team from Dearborn, Michigan, whose mascot is none other than Looney Tunes' Tasmanian Devil. The Dearborn Devils. Or, All right. or, or I would accept the Dearborn Devil. Ooh, yes, there is only one, uh, Taz. Right? I loved Tasmanian Devil when I was a kid. I, I grew up in that era uh, where you weren't officially dubbed T or living in a trailer unless you owned several Looney Tunes t-shirts. <laughs> and uh, I, I will kind of, with some apprehension, admit I had some Looney Tunes t-shirts growing up. Well... There became a point where it wasn't just for mud flaps anymore. Exactly. If if you had a Yosemite Sam T-shirt, a Tweety Bird and Sylvester T-shirt, and a Tasmanian Devil T-shirt, your parents probably did cook meth at some point, <laughs> and you definitely probably lived in the trailer park right off of Pelham Road in Dearborn Heights. Yeah, you didn't ask the girl who wore the Betty Boop shirt to homecoming. No. Well, maybe, maybe, <laughs> I tell you what, with the school I went to for grade school, that might have been the best school dance you've ever gone to or ever will go to. 
You mean you weren't going to end up watching Aladdin or the Patriot on Couch of the Bomb? So funny. I, I tried to explain that I gave that a shout-out to Stephanie, and she very matter-of-factly just said, yeah, I'll never hear that. <laughs> because, as we know, Stephanie doesn't what? Uh, neither why uh, listens. Yes, so... I thought to myself, I gotta rep my city. Born and raised in Dearborn, Michigan. As we all know, the home of HF, of Henry Ford, Ford Motor Company, World Headquarters. We could pull a baseball team off. And why not make them the Dearborn Devil? Or Dearborn Devils. Tasmanian Devil, I love you. Always have. I even have a handmade... Tasmanian Devil Christmas ornament that I hang on my tree every year. Ooh, you want to know how creative this is? Yeah. Tasmanian Devil toy that I won at Caesarland. Ooh, Shout nice. out to Caesarland, Southgate. I took my pocket knife. I dug a hole in the back of it, and I put fishing line on it on a string. And that year, I told my mom, nay, I demanded that that be my ornament for Christmas. I love it. I love it. Tasmanian Dell. So, I think the next sport we're going to cover is the one that's in the most, what, public conscious right now? The one that people kind of inspired this entire podcast. It's football with no T. Kevin, your city, your mascot, your football team. My football team will be based on one of the more iconic franchises, another one of them, in cinematic history. This creature first appeared in 1979 and has continued through comics and movies ever since. It is none other than the Xenomorph from Alien. Yeah, I was going to be very disappointed if you, of all people, didn't somehow work Alien into this. (laughs) For those who have been living in a Rancor cave or perhaps eaten by a Rancor... Like what you did there? uh Uh-huh. The Xenomorph is the stuff of nightmares. In fact, it was was created by a dude who had a nightmare about it. Um, It has the most crazy-looking head. It's like a piranha skull with a hot dog growing out of the back, a tail like a thresher shark, and... It's got jaws within jaws that stick out so that they're even more bitey and scary. Uh, I call the little one bitey. <laughs> it's, it's more like the Terminator than it is like the Predator because no remorse, no fear, no code, no morals. Like, there's just the mission. And in this case, it's basically just like kill and breed that's it um it even won the so hr geiger and carlo rambaldi won oscars for creating this nightmare um it is an awesome mascot and i want it to be for my football team cool town uh not represented in the football community particularly i want it to be the Kalamazoo Xenomorphs or the K-Zoo Xenomorphs. You're trying to go for the longest 
city name slash mascot name combination in the league. <laughs> Rolls right off yeah. the tongue. The Kalamazoo let's, Xenomorph. Let's let's stand out, man, you know? So I'm thinking uniforms. This one, it's gotta be spot on color scheme. I want it to be black, gray, silver tinted in this metallic sheen. Everything. Head to toe. All the equipment. Same color scheme. Helmets. Masks. Under Armour long sleeves. Jerseys. Pants. Long socks. Cleats. All uniform. All the same color. And I want it... uh, I want Kalamazoo to fork over some bills and build a dome that they can climate control to keep it down to like no warmer than 55, preferably colder, so you can see their breath coming out when they play. Okay, I, I, I'm starting to really think that they really miscast The Greatest Showman. <laughs> because Hugh Jackman ain't got none on you, dog. I want to go. To blasphemy, Hugh. He said it. I did not. I want to go to these. I want to go to these three sporting events. So bad right now. I can literally picture the players in the three-point stance with smoke coming out of their face mask. May I add my own opinion on something? Not a huge fan of these in practical use. I think this is the one opportunity where the entire team has to wear the glass visor football helmets. Yeah, I'm 100% on board with that. Okay. And I would also say, um, you know, they can get pretty creative with helmet design. Not not the physical structure so much, but like um, like hockey goalie masks. Right, they they can do like amazing things with the airbrush. Yeah, they're uniquely designed. Yeah, I I want the helmets to somehow convey that crazy shape. I mean, I'm not saying like they'll have a big thing protruding out of the back, like you know, some eggplant sticking out of your head. I mean, could could you make an adaptation of the speed skater helmets that we see in the Olympics? Oh, that's a good idea, man. But with football. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if if some of the uh, defensive backs in the NFL can stick mouth guards, green things in the top of their helmet, wagging around for no reason, I, I don't see why you couldn't have you know some kind of like xenomorph head attachment. Yeah, your vision of this team is absolutely something to behold. Well, I, I two more quick things. So for flair, I also think somehow. You gotta have some 3D. You know those big mouth guards that like take up the whole face, basically. Yes. You know, you gotta have that with like some 3D image of like the jaws within the jaws. Like everybody's gotta see that. You know. Um, so when you're staring at the guy across from you, you're like, "Jeez, is this guy gonna tackle me or bite me? Like, but am I gonna get hurt or die? I'm honestly not sure." You know. Um, and after a win. Or even better, like while the game's still going, but like a big play happens and like seals it, you know, they go up, you know, three scores with 30 seconds left or some game ending interception, something like that. You hear the voice of the late great Bill Paxton saying, Game over, man! Bill Paxton. 
Every year, thousands of families in the United States are displaced by winds, twisters, and tornadoes. I'll never, ever, ever forget the smooth vocal tones of one R.I.P. Shout out to one of the greatest. What would you rate him? Is he a B-level actor? I think he was so good as a B-level that he was like an honorary A. We're going to call him an A-minus actor? Yeah, maybe an A-minus. Because he's awesome in everything that he's in, but... You know, the the no longer uh, there twister ride from Universal Studios that I went on on my honeymoon. Before we get started, everyone, we'd like to draw your attention to an instructional video before we get on the ride. Hi, this is Bill Paxton. <laughs> so good. Yeah, if you, if you go on a dinosaur ride, of course you need to have a public service announcement to make sure everybody knows that like dinosaurs no longer exist i tell you what it's getting so bad when we were in disney i think it was like two years ago now be prepared for flashing lights and strobe sounds i'm like we're on a ride that you can see the strobe lights coming out of while you're standing in line for four hours warned me this roller coaster moved now is not the time to turn back children blind your eyes kevin may i propose that the first home game for the xenomorphs and this actually won't be too much of a trip a city that i hold near and dear to my heart specifically for the fact that i have an unhealthy and ever-present obsession with sugary cereals what i consider to be the sugar cereal capital of the world the great city of battle creek which i have participated in a guinness book world record that stood for one year because i drove my then girlfriend around the early aughts to battle creek michigan to participate in the Guinness record world-breaking longest breakfast table. Wow. They lined the streets of Battle Creek, made one continuous breakfast table, and the good people at Kellogg supplied Pop-Tarts, cereal, and milk to anyone who would come. And I was one member of a Guinness world record for a year because of Kellogg's. All right, now... Super fast sidetrack, 10 seconds. What was your cereal? What was your Pop-Tart? Frosted Flakes, Strawberry Pop-Tart. Bam. Yeah. Frosted or not? Unfrosted only because we sat, and that's what they were handing out. Okay. Now, Who's your football team? I really think that you're not going to have a team in Battle Creek and not have a cereal mascot. Nay, you're not going to ever approach me because I will slap you upside the head as hard as humanly possible and tell me that any cereal mascot is greater than the king of cereal mascots, Tony the Tiger. Well, far be it for me to argue with Tony the Tiger, and I don't want to get the taste slapped out of my mouth. How about Battle Creek Zone? mascotted by Tony the Tiger 
the Battle Creek Bengals. Yeah, that that rolls. It, it's the the uniforms take no imagination. We're going blue uniforms with orange stripes. Thinking the shoulder pads have the tiger stripes on them. Yeah. The helmets have to be orange, but I want the face masks to be blue. I want the yep. pants to Love be it. orange. I want the knee-high compression socks to be blue. Yep. And I want the cleats tiger-striped. I love it. And as much as I love our Detroit Tigers, I do feel like they don't always play up the tiger aspect enough. It's not nearly stripy enough. Yeah, you're, you're making up for that, and yeah. I love it. Yep. But yeah, Battle Creek Bengals. And the mascot's got to be Double T, Tony the Tiger. Now, will they serve anything other than cereal and Pop-Tarts at I, the stadium? I recently went to a concert. Shout out to my wife, Stephanie, who does not listen to the show and never will. Even though I bought her tickets to Mariah Carey's Christmas special. So within the walls of the Little Caesars Arena... You can still get the most delicious food at a sporting venue. I don't care what anyone says. I will not hear otherwise. I do love a Comerica Park, let's just call it Tiger Stadium, hot pretzel. Oh, yeah. However, when I go to a Red Wings game in my brain, I'm eating on a cardboard layout piece that has so much hot grease on it that you barely make it back to your seat without dropping it, which is why you always see people doing the <laughs> as they're running yeah. with the hot pizza in their mouth. The yeah, Little Caesars... It, it makes your hands, like, translucent. Yes, the Little Caesars pizza, particularly the Pan Pan pizza at Red Wings games, old Joe Louis style. I yep. can't vouch for the LCA pizza, but the pizza at a Red Wings game... Next level. Life-changing. Agreed. I think that in that same spirit, if you go to a Battle Creek Bengals a football game, we're going to have Tier 1, which is the standalone cereals that you can get. Very similar to LCA, where you can go to the, the pizza kiosks. Yeah. But... There is a restaurant within LCA that's like a step up. It's called Mike's something, or it's like a Mike Illich's take on... Stephanie basically just said, yeah, it's just like a little bit higher end Little Caesars. Okay. So, in my stadium, I think we're going to have a cereal bar where you can add cereal to other sugary things. Example, you could get a, a sundae with, you know, mixes of ice cream... And maybe yeah, put sure. some, yeah put some frosted flakes on top of that cereal. Uh, yeah. You might be able to get yourself you know a custom made crepe where the filling is like pop tart jelly and pieces of pop tart. Ooh, yeah. you know stuff like that. So that's how I would swing it. I'd say you know we've got like a ten to one ratio where you got ten kiosks with normal Kellogg's offerings, and then you got that one nice sit-down restaurant within the actual stadium where you can get some accoutrements on top of your regular Kellogg's products. Man, you know, you could, like, you could go, like, crushed up but heavily salted 
Rice Krispies as a layer over top of your pretzel. You can do a lot. Cereal, Stephanie's making today for my nephew's birthday party. Uh, you know Muddy Buddies? Where you take Chex Mix and you put oh, like yeah. chocolate and peanut butter and powdered Pu- sugar on them? Puppy Chow. Puppy Chow. Puppy chow. Yeah. yeah. She's making Rice Krispie treats that you form into a ball and then you put peanut butter and melted chocolate on top of those with powdered sugar. Oh my goodness. Yeah, you can do anything with cereal. See, you could do that and, and make them into, you could have like little, uh, I don't know, like licorice or some kind of like red frosting, make them into like baseball shapes Yeah, for the seams, you know? Uh, can, yeah. we break, can we break for lunch? <laughs> we'll be back, folks. Hockey team. Give it to me, babe. My hockey team. Uh, I'm proud of you, but I'm mad at you. Okay. Because you stole my city. That's okay. We can have, we can, hey, you know what? So Detroit has four sports teams? Well, Ypsilanti's going to get another one. Yeah, Ipsy Tucky. <laughs> the Buds, man. The Ipsy Buds. So, I guess, uh, you know, in uh, there, there will be a lot of overlap, so... You know, between between seasons, but that's okay. So Ipsy's my city, hockey's our sport. You didn't think that we were getting through a podcast talking about pop culture creatures without the king. I hope you didn't think I would leave that one out. So my team is the Ypsilanti Yaucha. The Predator. I need a mascot that is a full-on OG Predator. Alternate version for special days, the Prey version with the, like, skull helmet. Yeah, it's cool. that one, too. Yeah. Again, by this time, this is episode 43, I think people probably have gathered that we're kind of big into predator at least i'm like obsessed it's your favorite movie period no 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 it's it's my favorite arnold okay it's my third favorite okay uh but close predator is one of the best villains of all time i think easily top five i'd say top three maybe even top two of all time um you know i think his physique is just so formidable and so perfect for most any sport but imagine a hockey player who's like big and tall fast and agile i mean he's got everything and such an appealing character for you know for visuals watch what i'm about to do here watch what i'm about to do here you're gonna skate right over the fact that he can heat see (laughs) <laughs> Tell me, that wouldn't be valuable out on the ice there? Ask Thomas. Yeah, man. You'd find the five-hole, no problem. Amen, baby. So, you know, he's got just the killer helmet. He's got awesome armor and weapons. But, you know, these organic features that he's got, Um, you know, he's got the dreadlocks. He's got the creepy eyes, the claws, the mandibles. And plus, he's totally jacked, by the way. If you, if you look under the mesh shirt that he's got going yeah you know he's ripped the predator flew in from space with a lot of trend on that spaceship yeah yeah no doubt man maybe in his little uh gear gear equipment 
box thingy, there might be some gear. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, he's geared up. So, color scheme. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go all out here. Pewter sweaters with black meshing over the top. Got black pants. Pewter socks. Black gloves. Pewter helmets. This is I need somewhat reminiscent of Mr. Alaska's brown jerseys. No, pewter is in like silverish. Pewter? I thought pewter yeah. was like a copperish color. No, no, it's like the silver version of copper. More oh, or less. Pewter. Hmm. Taught me something yeah. new today. Yeah, I don't like brown. Think of uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Got it. Got it. But not like them because we don't like them this week. Um, <laughs> helmets. I need that color. I need it painted OG, that OG Predator helmet. All players wearing black visors, and I want them masked up. Like, jogging mask, covering everything down to the neck. I want no skin showing. Zero. Um, And the helmets, you know they got to have dreads. I was just about to ask you, are we going to be able to get some type of attachments onto the helmet? They're wearing the dreads now. Like, I'm I'm totally on board with only drafting and signing players who have their own dreads. Uh, hey, I mean, some coaches have rules you got to shave. I'm fine with our coach having a rule you have to have dreads. That's fine. Um, in a pinch, we'll just have an attachment for the helmet. You know, maybe we just we just signed a free agent. He hasn't been around long enough, but they got to have the dreads coming out. Um now for my specials, the mascot, shoulder-mounted cannon, fires t-shirts for the t-shirt giveaway. Oh, gosh. Right? Can we just travel back in time and just pull Hugh Jackman out of that greatest showman? <laughs> you are the greatest showman. <laughs> when the game is over, you know, to, to, to clear the crowd out, it's time to clean this place up. You guys are lingering. You all got to get up. <laughs> you only got to leave. <laughs> but you got to get to step in and get home. <laughs> the the PA announcer activates an image and a sound of a countdown and a booming laughing voice. <laughs> As it counts down to destruction. Uh I think the the visual, the visceral, the fan experience of all of it. Not to mention, it would be downright intimidating seeing, seeing guys like that coming at you on the ice. The predators. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's that little part of your brain that's like, all right. I, like when I saw Freddy Krueger at the end of the hallway in the... Uh, yeah, and you tried to punk thing. him, and then he punked yeah, you hardcore. kind of like, ah, I know 99.99% of my brain knows that this dude's fake, but... That point zero zero one percent is like, uh, I should run anyway. <laughs> I love it. I think it's an absolutely awesome idea. I would only ask that maybe they get in the bus this time and they drive over to a little city called Pontiac, Michigan. Oh, yeah. To take on the Pontiac Panthers. But... All right. But... The mascot is Panthor from Masters of the Universe. Wow. 
Now, so that all right, all right, all right. Hear me out here, and I I don't want to sound blasphemous. Panthor, the figure, the actual action figure, with its velvety purple skin. At least in the hands of a little boy, I had to really remember to dance with the date that brought me to align myself with the sometimes cold and hard plastic mold of Battle Cat when I could pick up a nice, smooth, velvety, purple panther. I was going to say, man, like, uh, I, I'm surprised that you didn't go with Battle Cat just because I knew you had to pick a He-Man something. Yep. But I, I can dig it, though. Dude, the, I can dig it. the feel of a panther. Now, the, the originals, to get your hands on an original that doesn't have the felt purpley sheen rubbed off Yeah, yeah. is very difficult. But yep. I have held in my hands an actual graded figure loose of the original Panther. And it's one of those experiences where you kind of want to retire your hands afterwards. <laughs> Cause you don't know if you're ever going to feel something that cool again. It's cool, man. The, the purple Panther, which of course was the, the opposite side of the coin to He-Man's battle cat. It was, you know, the animal that Skeletor rode on. Really cool action figure. Super cool um, box art and super cool card backs when you had the original Panther. In fact, I think I'm going to have to maybe try to find, for the real, maybe some... I, I might not just outright put Panther. I might try to find some box art or a card back with Panther because it really did translate well into the action figure. You almost yeah. couldn't unsee the art from the boxes that held the figure in your hands, even though it's a stripped down toy, I couldn't unsee how cool Panther looked in my hands. So are we talking like, you know, unis are going to be velvety? Kevin, I thought of nothing else than the LA Kings circa, yeah. you know, WHL like 76. Yeah. I gotta go purple unis. I have to go ties on the collar because I mm -hmm. love hockey jerseys with the actual ties on the collar. Agreed. And we gotta go with the craziest metallic color scheme of either gold or green or silver to go with Panther. Because depending on which versions you've seen because there was a lot of knockoffs that came out of like Mexico and Brazil. Right. I could see it's, it's purple paired with something eccentric. Yeah. Yeah. That could definitely work. That could definitely work. Yeah. I would say the purple with like, like the Michigan Panthers thing, like the purple and the silver and maybe a touch of gold. Like yeah. That could work. Yeah. But, uh, you know, what really worked was this topic. <laughs> you know, it also really worked. You know, like if, um, you know, the underside of the gloves were that velvet material. You said underside. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, Kevin. Could, like, you know, buy one for Stephanie for Christmas. Yeah, she wouldn't, she wouldn't care for that just as she doesn't care for this shoe. <laughs> uh, 
Kevin, I, I would be... I would feel quite guilty if I didn't at least shout out what we have facing us as a state this weekend. You put these things much more eloquently than I do. I'd like you to close us with a message to, if it ever receives them, the Detroit Lions won, and people like my father-in-law, who have stayed married to a horrible spouse because he doesn't want to get divorced, like the Detroit Lions. What say you, my good friend? Well, I'm a little bit upset with these Lions because for 30 years, I was able to say that I attended the only playoff game the Lions ever won. But now there's a whole other crowd of, uh, you know, 65,000 people or whatever who can say that. But, uh, you know, I think that uh, it's good for the city, man. Like, I'm not a huge Lions fan, but, you know, I pay attention to them. I want them to win, and I have for a long, long time. Um, but it's good. It, I, you feel it's, it's good for people in Michigan to feel that, that bond. You know, it's been a while. Obviously, the Michigan Wolverines uh, have our own little tribe, uh, big tribe, but that's not statewide, right? Everybody can get behind the Lions. Everybody can get behind the Tigers, the Wings, and the Pistons. You know, so it feels good because it's been a little bit since we had a pro team that everybody can rally around, really starting to make a push. So I'm rooting for it, man. I'm excited. Sunday afternoon, 3 o'clock, right? I'll be there uh, in front of the front of the tube taking it in and cheering them on yeah and you know i i just want to go right out and say this i won't be um so <laughs> but i but i i hope for the best we will be watching my nephew specifically because all of my in-laws are going to be tied up with the lions i'm sure we'll be probably watching like bluey or something and uh making popcorn at the O'Callaghan house well it wouldn't it wouldn't kill the kid to put the game on you know what I'm saying? yeah I mean, you don't want to lead your children in the mistakes you made, and I dedicated approximately 24 years of my life to that stupid team and broke my heart every single year. So that's why we don't watch sports in this house. Um, Kevin, well, you can listen to the, uh, this episode of the Endless Promo Podcast for the 15th time then. Oh, yeah. Um, all right, man. Well, next week we'll do it up. We'll do something new. This week, rock the socks off of this topic. Um, yeah. It, it did, but aren't you aren't you going to be somewhat disappointed now when at some point you stumble upon a sports game on TV and it's not one of these teams we talked about? It's, it's going to be a little upsetting. The, the reality of what this taught me, though, is uh, you need to be in the promotional business, not doing this <laughs> stupid podcast. You need to be pitching, listen, let me show you, Company X, how to enhance your viewer experience. If uh, if money and technology were no object, I would be I'd be large and in charge. But I'd be wearing right. I'd be wearing this this hat, arm wrestling people trying to get custody of my son. Now that might just be over the top. We'll see. Kevin, I love you, man. Talk to you later. Peace out. Love you, brother. Peace. Bye.